2: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast. With
0: Al, Zane, and Brian. We are Odyssey's 49ers Web Zone No Puddle Podcast. I'm Al with Brian and Zane. And with us today, it's a collab pod. We love to do these. We have the host of the 49ers Rush podcast. He is, I guess we'll call him the CEO. Ooh. Of the 49ers rush road trip, which I can't wait to hear about. He is one of those fans. I think, I think if you ask fans who pay attention, like who's a top five Niners fan and not just somebody who's, you know, got the Jersey on, but he's doing stuff for other fans. He's putting tailgates together. I think this guy's name would come up with a lot of them. He is the always positive John Chapman. John, thanks for being here, buddy.
3: Man, I I'm honored to be with you guys. Like I'm a big fan of all of you. I mean, we were messaging Letter Kenny gifts, Brian. Like before this show, I'm yes, feeling sir. it, man. Uh, yes, let's sir. not hit her patter. Let's get at her. Uh, <laughs> glad to be here with you guys.
0: John, I gotta ask you before before we start into the niner stuff. I, I want to hear a little bit about you and, and what you're doing with with the road trip and the tailgate. Cause I, I think that's one of the coolest things, man. And it it, it seems like you're setting this stuff up and, and really coordinating it all. So tell tell us and, and tell our listeners sort of what it's all about and where they can find it
3: well it, it was it all kind of came together like through a weird like it was the Super Bowl trip to Miami um and it was just like man there's no way in hell I can put together this trip I don't have the money I was a you know high school teacher whatever else and you know I just went on the show and I was like here's what I want to do I want to find a way to get Frank Gore to come hang out with us I want to rent a <laughs> place on South Beach and I want us to hang out with Frank Gore um if you and i just put this out to the like whatever uh, ethos or whatever and i had like 50 emails of i can't make the trip here's 50 bucks and other people were like dude i'll make the trip i'll pay whatever it takes and it was just really really cool and i was like holy cow i didn't know this existed well we had like 400 people show up frank gore took shots with frank gore hung out with him for like two and a half Amazing. it was incredible Um, and then COVID happened, like literally right after that. And I was like, oh, this is what I was going to see if I could continue doing this. Uh, COVID finally passes, whatever. And it's just, it's all about getting connected fans together because I always travel to the games by myself. My wife works weekends. And you know, our budget was always limited, so I would show up to these cities not knowing anybody before I started the podcast. And I would just show up and go to bars and hang out like that's my personality. I'm a little bit of a douchebag, but <laughs> creating like that space <laughs> for fans in Philly, which is not a friendly city, you know, and you know, no. different places like that. And so we rent out. Uh, Bars and venues and music halls and we just fill it up with Niners fans. And so it's continued to grow. We do tailgates. We usually do at least two parties at every venue. So, for example, Seattle game. We're getting together Wednesday night. Um, Everybody's going to welcome the team planes whenever they land at the airport. Then we're going to party, um, which is going to be just absolutely at Kells Irish Pub with the Seattle Faithful Chapter. And that's another thing, working with these local chapters, which is a lot of fun and a lot of great people. Then we're renting out a spot right across the street for the tailgate the day of. Um, so we'll be there with drinks, food, giveaways. We do a whole bunch of stuff. Sometimes we get players out, but they're pretty pricey. Uh, but we try to. Uh, but, yeah, so it keeps growing. And the people seem to like it. So I think we're going to keep doing it. At least that's the plan.
0: It's awesome, awesome, man. I think it's so cool. So well, I want cool. to start the show, guys, with moving forward and moving forward with Brock Purdy, which is where we are. And one of the things I've kind of been thinking about, you know, Niner fans have been through it with this. This is three out of five years now with, with Jimmy where this has happened. And the other years haven't ended well. You had 2018. They were 4-12. and 12. 2020, they were six and 10. And a lot of that had to do with quarterback play. There were other injuries as well, but I'll give an example in a a few about some things Nick Mullins did in 2020 that really cost him a playoff spot. I don't think that this is that. I think now we'll find out. We'll find out in the next three weeks, but I don't think Brock Purdy is another Nick Mullins or CJ Bathard. I think he's going to be able to kind of keep the ship afloat while everything around him makes it go. I don't think he's going to make a big mistake. I don't think he's going to make the crippling mistake. Where are you guys on this? John, I would start with you, I guess. What do, what do you think with Brock and, and him moving forward? Well, it's so damn exciting, right? Like,
3: it's just, this is just weird as, as heck. How is it that Tom Brady is getting, like, his first game ever in Santa Clara where he's actually playing and not injured? Um, I think it's his second game. I apologize. But, like, there's a quarterback starting that was drafted even later than him. Right. And like the, it's it's the narrative is it's beautiful and we're very, very lucky to enjoy this. And I, you know, it's getting to the point now where I'm like, how in the hell is this kid going to live up to the hype that just continues to be built through five days? It's been five <laughs> days. I feel like I've talked about Brock Purdy for <laughs> a month. Um, And so I, I'm excited. I, I think that there are a lot of reasons why the excitement level is so high. His personality, his moxie, right? He was drafted late for a reason. He's small, uh, doesn't have a strong arm. You know, he's, he's got a quick burst to his, you know, mobility, which is nice, but no top end speed whatsoever. He looks like a damn Lego character. Like, I mean, he's young, but there's something about this guy, and you can't really point at it or label it or quantify it. But man, he just shows up, and with the team around him. It's easy to like become a believer, and I'm hoping he delivers this week for us.
4: Listen, I'm the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train. I don't know if you guys can see it very much like around the horn. I've got, I I created this yesterday. This is my Brock Purdy. If he beats Tom Brady on Sunday, I'm going to start selling these shirts. Look out you. For gotta that. explain now what right. you gotta explain. Is it that a chicken, that a chicken? I don't there. understand. John, that's a that's a rooster. Oh right. Because because <laughs> what and, and here's the thing I it's hard for me, it, it's hard to know where trends start, right? All I know is that at 318 on Sunday, in section 111, row whatever. I was telling John about this before we came on. Uh, I sat in the best seats I've ever sat at in in Levi's. They were padded, folded chairs, like you would see at, like, the front row at, like, wrestling events, um, behind Section 111. So it was, like, be- amazing view, right? So I'm sitting there in my seat. It's, like, 318, and I'm like, look, Brock Purdy's playing well. We had Big Dick Nick. Now we got Big Cock Brock. And... <laughs> There we go. Right? And I, I there's a number 13 right here that will show up on the shirt again that I might uh sell if he, if he beats Tom Brady on Sunday. Here's the thing, I was there. I was at the game John. I know you were at the game as well. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down in the first series, after the first series. And all of a sudden Brock Purdy comes on the field and I I mean, we're playing the Dolphins. They just scored a 75-yard touchdown on the first play from scrimmage. The 49ers have a sustained drive that they end up kicking a field goal on, field goal on, right? And then the next series Brock Purdy comes out and you're like, well, okay. I mean, I'm going to stay for the whole game, but I might as well just leave, right? Because we're going against the best offense in the NFL. Our defense is lights out, but Brock Purdy, 7th round pick, Iowa State, 6-1, you know. But here's the thing, Brock Purdy The the moment wasn't too big for him, and it was obvious that it wasn't too big for him. And I think ultimately you hit it, John. He's 6'1, he's got a an average arm at best. He's got decent uh quickness, right? His his uh Brian Peacock of Lockdown 49ers posted his, his spider graph from the uh from the combine. The only elite physical attribute that he had was that 10 yard split on the 40 yard dash. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. You look at that spider
3: graph and it's just like one little blip.
4: Yeah. I, I, again, as, as part of my curation of the Brock Purdy hype train, I also edited that spider graph to, to put that dog on there, which is at 110. So (laughs) that's, that's really where, where Brock Purdy is. But I think, This team doesn't need him to be a superstar. We're not looking for him to be the future of the franchise. All we need is for him to be steady. All we need is for him to take care of the ball, get the ball into the hands of his playmakers, and this defense is going to do the rest. And so while I am excited about Brock Purdy, I'm I'm the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train. I'm not on that hype train saying he's going to light the world on fire. What I'm saying is he's going to step in and still be able to lead this team to the promised land, which is the postseason. And from there, from there, it's anybody's ball game. And because here's the thing, as 49er fans, we know this team can win in the playoffs quite literally without a quarterback because that's what they've done in 2019. That's what they did in 2021. So as again, as long as he takes care of that ball, I, I, I think I still I still have I still have high expectations for this team. And Big Cock Rock's gonna lead him there.
1: If if they beat New England. Oh sorry. If they beat Tampa Bay, sorry, New England. Whoa. Here am I here
4: I am oh, like three I felt years that. Ago. I Tampa felt Bay. That. Tampa Bay. If they
1: beat Tampa Bay. I will buy one of those shirts. So you got you got me all yeah. frazzled now, talking about Brock Purdy. I don't even know who we're playing this week, right? <laughs> I will buy one of those shirts, Ryan. You have my word. Yes. As the newest yes. member of the Brock Purdy hype train, member number sixty nine, I will buy one of those shirts from you. And That's I'll good. tell you why this is not like Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and what we've seen in the past. I will I will buy that thought, Al, and I will run with it. And here's here's what I think. It's not like that because the defense is far more advanced than what it was in 2018 and far more healthy than what it was in 2020. So the defense can carry them. You're not going to rely as much on the quarterback position to make plays. And to your thought, Brian, they don't have to have him light the world on fire. All you got to do is not mess up. Just don't mess up. You're babysitting this thing. They're giving up. What was it like? 16 points a game right now. I believe 16 and a half points a game. I believe. I, I, I can't remember if that's correct or not, but they are absolutely off the charts. This is the best 49ers defense I have ever seen. This is, goes back to the 90s as well, right? And that, that 95 defense was the other defense I was comparing them to, that P. Carroll defense. This, I feel like, is better than that, given the way the game has changed and the nature of the game and what they're doing to passing offenses. So that being said, you need two wins to get into the tournament. I've been saying this all along. You got to get to 10. They're at eight right now. If you split the next two, which is very possible, that means that you have to win one out of your next four games, one out of your last four games to get in the tournament. And once you're there, they have a defense. They have a running game. Elijah Mitchell is going to get healthy. Eric Armstead came back this week. They're going to be getting guys back from IR. Who knows what happens at the quarterback position. We don't know if Jimmy's coming back or we don't know what's going on with that, depending on how far they go in the playoffs. But Brock Purdy is the new Tom Brady, okay? It's the new oh, Brady versus whoo, the old Brady. That this
4: clip that clip yeah. is gonna go viral <laughs>
0: after those four, four picks this weekend we'll, we'll we'll play that back oh no yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey.
4: hey you only know positivity I
0: think, here i think the biggest thing like you mentioned 2018 and 2020 they did not have the players around him like they do now you know in 2020 debo was hurt mm-hmm. um then it bosa and i think nick bosa look i think he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink, man. I think he's unbelievable, and I think he's the most valuable player on the team. I just, I, just, I think he's that good. But I do want to say, because leading into the next thing I want to talk about, I want to go into the playoffs. But w- the point that I want to make is about him not screwing things up. I went back and looked, because in 2020, I really feel, despite not having Bosa, despite not having your starting quarterback, injuries everywhere, Debo and Kittle barely played, they still could have made the playoffs if Mullins just didn't blow the game up. And I went back and looked. So when they were playing against Philly early in the season, they're down eight to seven. They're on the Philadelphia 14-yard line. Mullins throws an interception. They're down. No, they must have been up 14-11. They're on their own 45, a sack fumble. They're down 18-14 on their own 25, a pick six. That's the quarterback kind of blowing the game up for you. Against Washington, they were down 16-7, to and they were driving late in the third quarter on the Washington 24 Mullins throws a pick six. So all the momentum goes away. Against Dallas, it was 24 all going into the fourth quarter. Interception on their own 16. 27-24 Dallas. Interception at midfield. So if those games go, go with a quarterback again that just isn't screwing it up for you, Niners made the playoffs with injuries everywhere. That's crazy. And that's, that's a great coaching job by Salon Shanahan too, but it didn't happen because Mullins was so bad. They need, they need Purdy not to do that. And I want to talk about playoff scenarios as well. But before I do that, you mentioned the Jimmy thing, Zane. And it's really interesting, and I just want to get everybody's thoughts on it because it depends on what's going on, right? If they're winning and Purdy's like throwing 10 times a game because you're terrified of what he's going to do and Jimmy's able to come back, yeah, I get it. But if Purdy's playing really well and they're in the NFC Championship game, which I'll talk about why I think they can do that, I don't think you pull the plug whether Jimmy's ready or not. So I'm nope. curious. I, I don't think you, there's no way if Purdy's gotten you that far that I think unless again, unless it has nothing to do with him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can do that. Where are you guys on it?
3: I, I'm pretty big on losing your job because of an injury. Like I I'm, I don't know where that came from. And like, I get like, Oh, it doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy inside, but you go, it's a meritocracy. If somebody comes in and balls out, we're playing against Tom Brady this week. He is the epitome of taking somebody's job because they got injured, right? So if, if Purdy goes out there and just plays what he did last week, I'm not even asking for improvement, right? If he just stays that level, then you roll with him. I'm the biggest Trey Lance guy in the world, like I'm the biggest Trey Lance fan that's ever existed, probably besides his parents.
4: I, but John, I feel like your—I say I feel like your claim to fame is that you—you you called that—you called that pick in December of 2020 that was
3: sponsored by tequila I was wasted that night watching college film (laughs) and uh tweeted that I don't even remember tweeting that out somebody else had to tell me I tweeted
0: it out I also thought they were gonna pick him
3: see and so like but like even though I love Trey Lance when Jimmy started playing as well as he did this year then it like I had the same take like look I don't care if Trey comes back and he is healthy you stay with Jimmy like you stay with what is consistently working regardless of who that is draft status whatever else don't give a damn If Brock Purdy can get three out of two wins, you know, go three and two down this stretch, you know, Zane talked about two's the magic number, and I think it is as long as Seattle's one of those wins. Mm -hmm. But if you can get three wins out of that, then I think you keep rolling unless he gives you a reason not to. But, yeah, Jimmy, if he comes back, great. Trey, if he comes back, great. Probably less of a chance. But, like, you stay with the hot hand. You you just keep rolling with it. If it's hot. If it's not, uh, we'll see. But it's Brock, man. It's Brock.
1: So, John, let's let's say that like the the not unthinkable, but the we're we're in the I have a dream section of life right now. And they get all the way to the end and we're playing in February and he he seals the deal. Okay, this is completely hypothetical, obviously. Right. What happens with trade next year? if Brock Purdy just took you on this run here.
3: Yeah, I I think you let him go out there and compete. I I really, really do. I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl and whatever else, like, I don't really care. And I know that, like, that's going to be a discussion. But the fact that you already have these two rookie contracts uh, at the quarterback position moving forward is a beautiful, wonderful problem to have. And even if Jimmy took us to the, you know, Graceland, that's awesome. Trade. there's no reason to move from Trey's he got a cheap contract. You can't move off a rookie deal very well anyway, like the more, the merrier. And if we have learned anything, the past Shanahan experience, quarterbacks don't stay healthy. So I, I will take two to three and be a happy, happy man. We got four, uh, stud quarterbacks on this podcast right now. Al's probably going to go down with <laughs> a broken ankle at some point. So
4: I'm getting old. He, <laughs> he was saying playing hurt last week.
2: <laughs> eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
4: Al, I thought it was interesting, you know, you brought it up, you know, is, is Brock Purdy Nick Mullins 2.0 and a couple of things that make me feel like he's not one. We're talking about a guy that, that again, turned down a scholarship offer from Alabama to go to Iowa state, right. Started as a true freshman played four years, right. He came in game five, his true freshman year and never relinquished the relinquished the job. And I think he, so I think he played 47 games at Iowa state, a power five school, right? Nick Mullins coming from FCS, right? Southern miss. Um, right. I think it was Southern miss yeah. Yeah, Southern, regardless, yeah. not a power five school. Here's the other thing that I thought was interesting. And, and, and I think you talked about it. Mullins turnover prone, especially in 2020. Here's the thing that Brock has that Mullins didn't, uh, who was it? Uh, computer cowboy, Ben Baldwin tweeted this out. Uh, he, he, it was part of a Kevin Cole piece from PFF and it was quarterback efficiency specifically for San Francisco with and without Debo and Kittle on the field. Right. And they show Jimmy Mullins and Bethard. Uh, Jimmy had tw- uh, 2140 dropbacks as a, uh, as a 49er. And of those 2140 over a thousand had both Debo and Kittle on the field at the same time. Nick Mullins had 704 dropbacks of those 704 dropbacks, eight, eight of those dropbacks had Debo and Kittle on the field at the same time. Wow. Wow. And you think about 2020, if Debo and Kittle aren't on the field, who's, Who's catch, who's catching passes? It was Richie James. Mm-hmm. It was River Craycraft. It was you know. It was a hodgepodge of, of okay. nobodies, yeah. right? And so, Brock Purdy has Debo. Brock Purdy has Kittle. Brock Purdy has Brandon Ayuk. Brock Purdy has Christian McCaffrey, right? Brock Purdy has a and we we I use this term a lot an embarrassment of riches at the uh you know at at the skill position, and so all he, all he has to do is get the ball in their hands, right? He doesn't have to be a hero. He doesn't have to play hero ball. He doesn't have to create. He just has to get the ball to his playmakers. And the one thing that I wanted, again, as, as, as captain of the Brock Purdy hype train, I was listening to 49ers talk with Matt Mioko and Jennifer Lee Chan. And, uh, Jennifer had this tidbit, which I thought was spoke volumes to who Purdy is and why he was able to be successful this past Sunday. And she said, uh, this season after practice is over, while the rest of the team goes back into the locker room, Purdy stays out on the field with a single cameraman and he goes through the entire QB1 game game script by himself on the field and then goes by himself and reviews his own tape of how he ran that uh ran that script. And so to me the preparation is off the charts. You heard him at the at the podium, maturity beyond his years. The dude's 22 years old. He's going to be 23 later this month, but he's still only 22 years old. Again, you've got Trey Lance and Brock Purdy who are roughly the same age, right? And so that's the thing that I love about Trey as well is up here and I think that's what's going to make him successful and then the same thing with Brock. Brock isn't going to win with his arm. He's going to win with his brain, and as long as he stays within himself, I don't think that 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 we we're going to see a Nick Mullins 2.0. And you know,
0: I think a lot of it has to, is going to have to do with matchups too as they move forward. So I'm thinking about these playoff scenarios, right? And I'm thinking about if the Niners got to muck it up a little bit and win ugly, can they do that? And they can. The first thing, John, you mentioned the Niners got to beat Seattle, and I agree with you. So if you look at Seattle's remaining schedule, they play the Panthers this week. Seattle's come back down to earth. I feel like, but I still think they're going to beat the Panthers. You have the Niners game. You have the Chiefs game. They're going to lose that game. They're playing the Jets, but they're playing the Jets at home.
4: Yeah, that's yeah. kind
0: of a toss up. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe then they have the Rams. White, maybe. For that. Mike White, baby. <laughs> well, have, and the, Jets and for, the Jets will be playing for
4: the Jets will be playing for their playoff lives as well.
0: Yeah, with Garrett Wilson. They got some players, man. Um, and then they finish up with the Rams who are going to be packed up at that point, probably. So there's, there's definitely two wins there. I feel like
4: Baker for them. Mayfield in the Rams.
0: So it, probably, probably at that point. So that Niners game is huge because if they yeah. do beat the Niners, they're probably getting the 10 it's, wins and it's probably done. And, yeah. The division's
3: probably done
0: if, 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 that you, if you win that game. But you know what though, John? So I'm looking at the playoffs. Okay. Philly's getting the one seed, right? Minnesota looks like they're getting the two. Let's say the Niners don't go. Well, let's look at the Niners at three and six. Say the Niners win the division at three. And then somebody's going to win the South. It'll probably be Tampa, right? You would think so. And then Dallas is definitely the five seed. I don't think there's any way around that. And then you're going to see for two, two teams for the last three look like Seattle Giants and Washington. Even if the Niners don't win the division, the Niners go to six. Yeah. So three or six seem like almost locks. It's like three or six or six. Exactly. And either way, so let's say they're three, okay? They're either going to be playing Giants. Seattle, the Giants, or Washington mm-hmm. at home. Those are all incredibly easy. Not I don't say easy, but winnable. The game, Commanders winnable.
3: is the one that makes me like scratch my head just because of that defensive matchup. I can see some issues, but as far as matchups go, oh my gosh, give me the Giants
0: and Seahawks all day, all day. And even if, even if they go to six, they're playing the Seahawks. They got to go to Seattle, but they're playing the right. Seahawks, which I don't think are. Massively more talented than the Niners. And I think they could muck that game up if they have to. So let's say I'm gonna be positive, Iowa but- State weather's
3: a mess, by the way. If you've ever been up there, so it, it, Brock's played a lot of games in some messy situations. That's so that's wide, comforting. So Even though let's he's say- an Arizona
0: kid.
3: Even though he's an I- Arizona kid. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aims I think they're the gonna
0: mess. I think they're gonna get the three seed. So let's be positive. They get the three seed. They have we think they could win that first round, right? And then I don't see Dallas losing either. Well, you'd
3: be playing the two seed no matter what, uh, right. if, yeah. no right, matter so, what, right. Is it oh, right. 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 I mean, exactly. not. Well. We get a giants,
0: then a Vikings matchup. And the, again, okay. You, okay. exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'll take that yeah. again. That's another game. If the Niners can, aren't breaking 20 points, I'll still take that game because I think they're going to just, you know, we've seen what Kirk cousins can get rattled. So the only game I'm looking at, where like, Oh, I don't think they could muck it up with is, is the Eagles that NFC mm-hmm. championship and who knows? But
4: but in that scenario that we just talked about, be I Dallas, could probably. easily see Dallas going into Philly and beating Philly. And yeah. if that's the case, then you get Dallas, but you get them at Levi's and not mm-hmm. in Dallas. Right. Yeah. And those yeah. are the
3: two most yeah. uh questionable matchups for the 49ers Philly and yeah. Dallas. Even and so, though I would love to play Dallas, that's like my arch nemesis. Probably the high point last year was that Cowboys game man. That was that playoff cowboy game was I'll remember that for the rest of my life. That was incredible. Um, But, yeah, you're right, man. And, and Al, I think you painted the picture. It is set up just on T. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Brock, just just go do your thing, Brock. Chill out. He he didn't complete one pass over 20 yards. It's not like you got to put the ball in jeopardy. Just keep Mm -hmm. checking it down. Easy. Get it to your studs. Manage the game. I don't don't think he was a game manager, though. But, like, just chill. Just chill. Don't be – don't Mullins it.
1: Yeah, I think that like right. he he threw it thirty-seven times. And how many times have we seen a situation like this where a third-string quarterback who's had no first-team reps, obviously, who's just coming off the bench, been in after inactive for a good portion of the year, they come in and they totally just wet the bed, and they can't the, the offense you just can't even run the offense at all. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to run that offense almost like it was normal was just like that was the most shocking fact to me in, in a good way. And that right. that all the credit goes to Kyle and Purdy, of course, Kyle. The playmakers for getting the ball in their hands and doing something with it. But man, like that was to me one of the biggest things that they didn't really seem to miss a beat at all. And that's what I'm that's that's I think what encourages 49er fans going forward is that like if he had totally just you know stunk it up and they scored three points the rest of the game, it's like, okay, well, yeah, what do you expect? He's a he's a seventh round rookie, right? He's Mr. Irrelevant. What do you expect out of that? But he came in there and he looked competent, he looked confident, and they looked like they can actually, you know, win games with him at quarterback. And I think that's why everybody's so excited.
3: I will say this real quick. It's sorry to jump in, but like the Dolphins forced Kyle's hand. Those six man fronts. It was one. Mm-hmm. There it happened three times, I think, totally in the game where it was third and short, like third and four or less. They had all eleven players within a yard and a half of yep. the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and Kyle tried running into it the first time. Lost yards, punted at midfield. Then same thing happened again, and you see, you see a uh, BCB. Given the call. Can-can, Man. baby. He, he switched it up on third down and freaking rolled out. Awesome completion, I think, to Debo or Ayuk on that time. But
4: mm-hmm. they One forced, was Debo. One was Ayuk, yeah.
3: Right. They forced him place. to throw the ball. Kyle had no choice. Uh, there's no way in hell Kyle wanted to throw the ball 37 times with Brock Purdy. But mm-hmm. they McDaniels, the defensive staff, everybody basically said, we're going to make this kid beat us, and he delivered.
1: So there's a little bit of concern that I have, though, and we talked about this on our last show about – the running game and the lack of kind of traction, specifically when McCaffrey, I mean, catching them all, he's been fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. But running the ball, it seems like he's been kind of slow to get his footing a little bit. And Brian, you mentioned that it's because he's not a, between the tackles runner. He's more of like a, because, because the, the the runners in this offense that are successful. Just like the one cut and like hit the hole, like Mostert Mitchell, like that's how they run like the downhill runners. McCaffrey kind of picks a hole and is able to find find space, as as evidenced by the cutback run, the cutback run, uh, the cutback run that basically ended the game, right? Like he was able to find some space in there. Is there something to that, or should we be kind of worried about this going forward?
3: I'll be very very honest with you. The the biggest issue for any forty nine ers starter, and this is a two part answer here, so apologies. The center position has been really good in pass pro. I'm just going to be very, very honest. Like, yeah. he has been great. Brindle has been great in pass pro. As good as he has been in pass pro, he has been equally ter- like terrible in the running game. And we have been spoiled with the center play that we've had, which is crazy to say. But he cannot maintain blocks in the middle of the field at that crease point or that backside like cutback that we did see uh, McCaffrey mm-hmm. hit that 30-yarder on, it's bad. And so a big reason why we're having so many third and sevens and third and six instead of third and twos is because that interior offensive line, not really everybody, but mostly Brindle, um, it's struggling. He gets to where he's supposed to be. He cannot maintain a block for more than a second and a half. And so we have a slow-developing you know, zone whatever. But you are correct. Uh, CMC is a space player. And whenever you're going in against five and six man like defensive line front, I'm not talking about like an eight man box, which there's that as well. Literally six defenders in every single gap. It's difficult. That's why Jordan Mason's having the success he is having because he just run through your soul. That's not who McCaffrey is. He has to have Mm -hmm. space to create more space, and I think it's going to continue to look that way with CMC early, unfortunately.
4: Well, and here's the here's the interesting thing. Like, again, you hear about people talking about the 49ers after Garoppolo goes down. Hey, Brock doesn't have to do everything. They just got to lean on the running game, lean on the defense, right? Because that's that's always been the narrative. That's been the narrative since Kyle's been there. Uh, the 49ers are 22nd in rushing DVOA right now, 22nd. Uh, they actually have a negative 8.7% DVOA, which means that on average – They are, the defense has, has a significant advantage when the 49ers are running the ball. Um, now the cool, the the nice thing is, uh, weeks one through nine, they were, uh, 25th in rushing DVOA. And since week 10, they've been 12th. So they've gotten better. And I think part of that, like you said, John is, is Jordan Mason. Um, but, uh, Jason Aponte put this on Twitter uh, again, right before we recorded. And I thought this was interesting. Um, the 49ers are averaging 3.73 yards per run over right guard and 4.12 yards per run over right tackle, which are 24th and 23rd in the league, respectively, respectfully, and then 5.7 yards when they run to the left. And so they're starting to get a little predictable as well, because they're not successfully running to the right. Most of their successful runs come to the left. And so it and just even that McCaffrey
3: like... play was designed to the right cut back Correct. to the left. Correct. Yeah. Yep.
4: Yep. And so I, I think the issue is run blocking. And and John said it's it's Brendel, but it's the whole line. McGlinchy is not run blocking like like he used to prior to that injury, um which really kind of lowers his value because even though he's shaky in pass protection, he was an elite run blocker for a tackle. Yep. He hasn't been that this season. Um and then Brendel Banks the rotation at, at right guard. It's just it, the, the, the line isn't run blocking the way that they, that they normally do. And so the, the, the fear for me, again, when we talk about Brock Purdy and how far can we go is if the running game isn't going to get going, they are going to have to throw the ball a lot more. And if, and then if that happens, you know, where do we land with Brock? I believe in him. I believe that he can succeed. Uh, I believe that we will win. Right. But, who knows. So that is, that is, a, I, to me, that's the biggest issue of this uh, entire offense is that offensive line, but more specifically, the run blocking. Mm-hmm.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Yeah.
0: And as, as we look at this game coming up now, well, I wanted to start with the defense, but we're talking about running. So, so let me give this stat. I was like, you know, Tampa Bay's got a really good rush defense. And I went kind of looked at it and typically they've had some good games, but they've had four games that they've gotten gashed. And I'm not saying I'm watching every Tampa Bay snap, so I don't know what, you know, uh, what it was with that or what happened but panthers ran for 173 on them the ravens ran for 231 the chiefs ran from 189 and the falcons ran from 154 so they've had games where they've gotten run on
4: did the panthers what, do was that panthers game was mccaffrey uh there or was i don't that after think so no i
0: think that was okay. the foreman game okay oh yeah the yeah, game yeah. foreman you're yeah. right. you're right so yeah. um because I'm worried that with that too, Brian, I'm worried that if they're not That's third important. and manageable, eventually it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. So if you're not third and manageable and you're constantly third and seven, third and eight with a, with a young quarterback and you are playing a very good defense, Tampa's got problems, but we'll get to it where it is. It's, it's on the other side of the ball. That's where you could worry. And again, you just have one bad pick, one bad turnover and the game can turn. So, so that does worry me a little bit is, are they going to be able to maintain I, again? I just think they got to get to 20 but can they avoid mistakes? Cause this is a huge going to Seattle will be a huge test for Purdy. Tampa's defense is going to be a huge test for Purdy too.
3: Yeah. I, I think you're right. Now the one area that's crazy about Tampa Bay, they don't turn the ball over. They don't cause turnovers. They've only forced two turnovers in their past nine games. Sorry, eight Ooh. games. Like Whoa. They're, they're not that ball hawking team. And Antoine Wilfield, you know, their safety who would qualify as like the quote unquote ball hawk, I don't think he's going to play. He missed last week, uh, didn't practice today. I, I, I'm not quite sure they're going to continue that. So I want more favorable matchups. I, I want Kyle to throw on first down a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish he'd run on third down more. If it's third and six, third and seven, I would not give a damn if he ran the ball. Like I am, right. that is fine for this game because the Bucks aren't going to put up a lot of points. Not on our, not on this defense. They haven't yeah. all year. So like, literally, first one to seventeen wins. So like, be a little bit more unorthodox, Kyle. Like throw on first, run on third. Like get your team in some favorable matchups. Allow the talent, which is you have more talented rosters, no doubt about it. L- let them kind of take over.
1: Yeah. I feel like one of the things that's been happening with them lately is that they've been losing on first and second down and they have not been able to really get it. it it's resulted in a lot of third and longs and we love those Jimmy stats like, Oh, on third and eight or more, you know, he's got a, a super high conversion rate, like second highest conversion rate in league and yada, yada, yada. But the thing is what, what the underlying thing there is that they're not winning on first and second down. And you just can't do that with a young quarterback. You can't do that with an experienced quarterback. So I'm with you. Like, I, I hope they can throw on first and second down more to be able to get more yardage because running the ball is just not working. And uh, it's just it's it's one of those things where the reason why, like, you look at the, the year that Tom, that Tom Brady is having, and he's having a pretty good year, 14 touchdowns, two picks. Like, he's having statistically a pretty good year. And you wonder, why aren't they winning more? Well, it's because they can't run the ball. They're dead last in the league at enough.
4: all yeah he's they having on the
1: surface
0: brady's having a good year but his td percentage is the lowest of his career his yards per attempt is the second lowest of his career and his yards per completion is the lowest of his career and he's thrown 524 times already this year because they can't run <laughs> you yep. know they can't get the ball down they can't. can't run his yeah, arms so gotta on the fall surface, off yeah you, you look and you're like yeah tom's stats look okay but he it's it's he's he has not been able to do what he has in the past with that team which is get the ball down the field to mike evans and and make big plays they haven't been able to do that
4: guys jimmy garoppolo has more passing touchdowns than tom brady that's crazy man
1: and that um, will remain that way this week right because Brady's not gonna throw any touchdowns right I like your style. But,
3: I like your style,
1: <laughs> but, but we can't, we can't get out of here without giving our flowers to the defense though. Right? Like, I mean, this just unbelievable, the job that they've done. We talked about earlier, one of the best defenses that we've ever seen from this team and they get Eric Armstead back last week. He was on a pitch count, played 21 stamps and he was very impactful. So the question I have for you is, is kind of twofold, like, you know, about Armstead and his impact and how they kind of ease him back in. And are we going to see Javon Kinlaw? Is it worth, using an IR spot activation to get Javon Kinlaw in there when you've been really fine without him, and you can use that on another player. You don't
4: have Ridgeway. That's the big, I was to say, that's yeah. the problem. Ridgeway went Except down. The, the peck, right? The peck injury? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's pretty much done for the season. Yeah, yeah.
3: The good news is I think this is a week where you would not have needed Ridgeway as much because they cannot run it up the middle. Uh, I think Ty McGill can step into that spot rather well. I think he played his way into that role. And when Armstead came back, then they put him on the inactive list. Uh, because. But now I think he just steps up into that role. Um, so I'm not too concerned. And with Ken Law, not yet. There's no reason to bring him back now. Um like, they can't run the ball. It's not a big deal. Let Kinlaw get this extra month. It's the playoff push. That's what it would be for if he does come back. That's a big if. Um, But I don't think there's any need to push that now.
4: Well, and the issue is is, is they only have two activations left, and they've yep. got Elijah Mitchell, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Javon Kinlaw. Jimmy on...
3: didn't officially go on, did he? He hasn't gone on yet. Oh, that's true.
4: That's bro. true. I don't think they will that's put true. him on that's yeah, true. I don't. That's I doubt point. they will too.
3: But yeah, you've got Kinlaw, Elijah, Trey Lance. Those are the three yeah. of that are mm-hmm. possible. But I yeah. think the situation's going to kind of solve itself. Um I, th- I think it's going to kind of solve itself. Some of the yeah, guys won't team.
0: be able to come back. This is really, if if you look at the numbers, this is a nightmare matchup for the Bucks because the Bucks can't run the ball. They're last in the NFL in 3.3 yards per carry. And the Niners defense is first in the NFL at 3.3 yards, giving up 3.3 yards per carry. Now, the Bucks have scored 19 points or less seven times, and they've only scored more than 22 just once. So at some point, I don't care what the names are. It's just, they're just not getting it done. So they're not going to be able to run the ball. Um, They're... I don't think they're going to be able to get big plays downfield. They're going to get pressure on Brady. Worfs isn't playing. And I saw this stat. I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast, which, which I love. I think he does a great job. He had Benjamin Solak on who numbers. he's great. I don't know where he comes from, but he said this was heading into last week. So I don't know how the dolphins game affected it, but since drafting Fred Warner, the 49ers have allowed just 71 completions to the intermediate intermediate middle of the field. That's 15 fewer than the next closest team. So you have, they're not going to be able to run. You got Fred and Dre Greenlaw taking away the middle of the field. They haven't been able to get the ball downfield. Brady's only averaging, like we said, 6.4 yards per per attempt. What's this offense going to do? I mean, unless Tom Brady, I don't know, he digs into the Tom Brady magic because he's playing his boyhood team and something fluky happens. I think this is just a nightmare matchup for them, and I don't think they're going to get to 20 points. And I think if the Niners can do that, you're in good shape.
4: You know know what's interesting about this Tampa Bay offense their offensive line, I mean, they've just had it, it's just been decimated by injury. And so that's been part of the, you know, part of the the conversation the whole season. Yeah, losing their but center. Even, for- yeah, they lost their center. Uh Wirfs has gone down multiple mm-hmm. times, right? I, or or maybe just once but for a long time, but regardless, their their offensive line hasn't been great. They still have given up the fewest sacks in the NFL with 18. Well, and,
3: and that's what Tom Which Brady does. Like a yeah, yeah, big yeah. reason why the yards per attempt so low. He throws the ball away more than any other quarterback. Like if there's pressure in his face, he will throw the ball away. If it's first, second down, he does not give a damn. Um, he just he throws the ball away more than
0: any quarterback
3: because you don't want to take hits, you don't want to turn the ball over,
0: and, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, they check down to their backs a ton too. Fournette and uh, White catch a lot of passes. Drake Greenlaw, baby.
3: Yep. Greenlaw <laughs> and Fournette hitting each other in the flats, running full speed at each other. I'm just saying that's gonna be fun. It's it's gonna, gonna be fun. that's gonna be enjoyable.
1: Real, real quick, another stat, you guys. So we asked we asked people, like, you know, well, people may be wondering, where can you attack the 49ers defense? Where is the weak link, right? And a lot of people will say, like, all right, who's, a, like, across from Mooney in Lenore? And yeah. right now, here's a stat for you about Diomitero De- Lenore from Coach Yak on Twitter. So since he started at – since he took over the, the cornerback starting spot in week six, 28 yards allowed per game, no touchdowns allowed, 63 passer rating allowed which is ranked ahead of Jair Alex- Jair Alexander Jalen Ramsey and Zavian Howard and others
3: they targeted, they targeted they targeted Tyreek Hill uh, whenever he was manned up with him four times Tyreek got one catch and guess what so did Demo <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> awesome,
0: it's crazy they just keep plugging guys in it's on the defense it's insane he gets to the point that where guy all-
4: couldn't that guy couldn't see the field last year no. they mm-hmm. wouldn't let him no. on the field after he got burned in Philadelphia in, what, week two, right? They're yeah. like, all right, you're done. And they pulled him off. And We didn't see him again. Like, I put him on a milk carton. Where is the Amador Lenore? He was the Sam Womack of last offseason, right? Like, turning mm-hmm. heads in camp. You're like, this, is, this guy is going to be a dude. And then started the season just like Womack and then got burned in Philly, never saw him again. Now, Womack has had a better season this year. But Demo's been playing so well that – I think we forget that Ambry Thomas is still on this team. Yeah, and Ambry right. Thomas played a huge role for the defense down the stretch. He doesn't see the field anymore. Yeah. They're just the, the they don't think, ahead of
3: him in almost every single yeah. every time somebody's come out, it's been Womack at the slot yeah. or Womack outside. Yeah, not Ambry Thomas.
4: Yeah. And so I I think I don't think we give enough credit to this front office and the scouting and uh scouting staff. They I mean there's been some misses in the first round, but outside of those. They hit home runs all the damn time, and it yeah. is really impressive.
0: I they agree. hit them late in the draft. They hit them in undrafted free agency. They hit them with yeah. guys like many who, who they see value in, yeah. and they bring in and, and they do well. You know, Jordan George Willis, Willis. They do yeah. well in their system. Yeah, so yeah, I, I said in a few shows ago. I'm I'm done bashing their personnel, because <laughs> yeah. it's look at this roster. Look at this defense. Look at the people they just plug in. Even the offensive line, like there's, you know, there's frustrations with that and the line can be an easy place to blame. But how many times have we seen it? 2019 both their t- starting tackles were hurt for a long stretch and they didn't want to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they, they just kind of plug guys in and make things work. So the QB situation has gotten a lot because it's, it's been a little crazy, a little dysfunctional, <laughs> but you really can't argue with the personnel of this team, man. You can't. So let's
4: not forget this front office drafted. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we need, we need, we need John, the, um,
1: God, uh, the guy, Paul Heyman to come in oh yes. Say yes. Brock, Brock Purdy's Brock voice. You see the tweet Brock that he put Purdy.
4: I, Dude, I'll tell you what, if they get a home playoff game, I can, I can almost guarantee that, that they'll get somebody out there for that. Wouldn't that be awesome? I would awesome? love that. I would love yeah. to see
1: Paul Heyman call Brock Purdy's name. That'd be hilarious. Incredible. <laughs> what, a,
3: incredible. what a time
0: to be alive, guys. Right. <laughs> Brian, we got to get a soundbite of Heyman uh,
4: doing that and use it in the show. That's a good point. I will yeah. look, I will, I will try and find that. Or I just, just gotta the cut it off Art. before he says last. Yeah. Before he says Lester.
1: Yeah. And then just like put your name, <laughs> put, put like your voice in there. like. <laughs> All right, yeah. yo, before we get out of here, guys, we got it. We got predictions. We got to get predictions. So yes, we do. John, you are the guest of the hour. So please, uh, what, what do you think this weekend?
3: I'm seeing a straight up field goal fest. I'm going 19 to 13, 49ers win and cover against the great Tom Brady. Field goals galore, baby! All
4: right, starting Robbie Gold on my fantasy team. There you go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. What do you got? Um, so I know I said it in our last show. Um, in week two, Trey Lance went down with an injury. Jimmy Garoppolo came in, absolutely blew the doors off the Seattle Seahawks, and then the next week faced one of the better defenses in the NFL in the Denver Broncos. And we all remember how that game uh, went, went. <laughs> and, and we would probably like to forget it. And then last week, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, Brock Purdy comes in, blows the doors off the Miami Dolphins, comes in, has to face a very difficult defense in Tampa Bay and and a defensive coordinator who... Is really good at uh, disguising coverage and things like that. So this game does worry me, even though I am the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train, and, and I don't think the 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 I don't think the situation is going to be too big for him. But I do think it's going to be a difficult game, John. I I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be low scoring, and so I <clears throat> I I am going to. I feel like I have to keep my trend, right? My, my trend has been, I've picked the 49ers in every game so far this season. So I've been wrong four times, but I've been right eight times. It's pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty good record there. So I'm going to say the 49ers are going to win, uh, but I'm going to say 16 to 13.
0: Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you guys. I think I'm going to say 20 to 12. They're going to win. And I think Tampa's is going to kick four field goals and the Niners will pick, kick a couple, but the Niners will find the end zone a couple times. I think it'll be, bit of a stressful game just because that's kind of how they roll right and but i think they're going to pull it out and i think they're going to be nine and four going into seattle who i think will be eight and five and i think the game is going to be gigantic so that's where i am with that all right guys you oh i didn't give it yeah go buddy go (laughs) ahead sorry i didn't
1: i don't matter um i'm gonna say i i I think i'm gonna go again with with john field goal fest it's gonna go uh 16 to 3 the 49ers defense will, will turn in a signature performance against the GOAT. And this will be what I will I will do the open of the next show. I plan on doing the open of the next show, guys. Because that's what happens, John, is, is when they win, I do the open of the next show, right? So I've done it eight times this year. We will continue that tradition as well. The Niners will win their sixth straight game and they're gonna go into Seattle and uh
0: and we're gonna see about that. So yeah, Niners win 16 to 3. All right, before we get out of here, John, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, your website for the road trip.
3: Yeah, road trips, if you want to come party with us, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Follow me on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman. My middle name's Lamar. Somebody took John Chapman. It's what we roll with. Um, And, yeah, 49ers Rush, wherever you listen, watch, download, subscribe. Uh, Come join us along with these handsome devils. Thank you, gentlemen. This is an absolute pleasure. Big fans of all of you. And when we finally get to meet up in person, first round of drinks always on me, my friends. Beautiful, John. Thanks so much, John.
4: Appreciate your time. Good, Thanks,
0: Johnny. All right, for Brian and Zane, I'm out. Peace later. three.
4: Twenty-four hundred
1: Sports is an Odyssey company.